back to Sancho's Boys. This is your co-host, Tim Amatuli. And I'm Chris Cote. And today we are discussing Akira Kurosawa's quote-unquote lost masterpiece, or so the DVD box promised, Song, Song of the of Horse. The horse. <laughs> Hell Yo. yeah. <laughs> this was, I'm so glad we watched it. This is the true completionist thing to do. No one else is watching Song of the Horse but us. You can't even find it. I bought the DVD. I own, I own this. Yeah, you're one of you're one of ten people in the world who owns Song of the Horse. And the other nine are the people who work for Samurai DVD. Only true kings uh, see this one. Yeah, sorry to all listeners who probably can't watch it. There is so little to go off of. This movie is so strange. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. It's from 1971, although even its release date is a mystery because people think it came out in 1970. On Letterboxd, it says it came out in 1970 before Dodeska Den, which quite frankly, cannot be true because the horse derby that takes place in this movie didn't happen until 1971. Yep, live documented 1971 footage, so it could not have come out in 1970, it's impossible. Either it literally had to have come out in 1971, or Kurosawa has ascended to new levels of cinematic mastery, and he is literally filming in the future. It came out in 1970, this is the uh, final cut, the director's, <laughs> <laughs> the director's cut, the features. An entirely new scene, now, um... It's Song of the Horse, man. It's the one I was most excited to watch once Tim told me it existed because I didn't know. Because <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> I knew I was watching it last week when Tim reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> it is a television documentary about horses. And you might think, oh, it's a documentary. It's educational. Not really. <laughs> it's not very educational. It, it, it sort of is. It's just the information is presented in a very unique way, which I think is really cool, actually. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, good way to present the information. I would say the ratio of information to time is minuscule it's it's rough there is very little information about horses you don't know i <laughs> i don't know anything more about horses than i did before i watched this and i know very little about horses <laughs> that is exactly what i said when i finished watching it i was like i don't know anything about horses and i know as much as i did before i watched this yeah i watched an hour and 13 minute documentary on horses and i know nothing more other than i've seen way more horse footage than i have ever before also I'll get this out from the beginning. I don't like horses. Never have. And I still don't <laughs> after watching this movie. I can't believe this didn't change your mind. This quote unquote visual poem, because it's it's not really considered a documentary, made for and aired on Nippon television. Something I didn't know. I thought this was the case for Redbeard, but this is actually Kurosawa's last collaboration with composer Masuro Sato. Ah, he stuck away at the end. And honestly, he did a good job. I love the music here. It's so it's really good. good. It's basically the love theme from Chinatown, which some of our listeners will know. But the love theme from Chinatown is one of the most famously beautiful trumpet solos of all time. And this came out before then and sounds basically just as good. The trumpet playing is amazing. Normally, I think of Kurosawa's influence on certain filmmakers, but I highly doubt that Roman Polanski saw this 1971-1970 made-for-Nippon-television lyrical <laughs> documentary visual poem. T tone poem on horses, and the only tone is horse. Yeah, the score is beautiful. The trumpet playing is so good. I haven't looked it up yet, but I'm going to try and find out who played that trumpet, and I'm not going to succeed. <laughs> but I want to know so bad. And you know what? I'm sure you could easily rip the sound out of this because there's not a whole lot of talking going on, so you could actually probably get a pretty isolated score from this. It's very, like, avant-garde. Like, it's experimental, like Dodeska Den. It's an art film, but it's a television documentary. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're like, there's no way Kurosawa made this. And then you put in the DVD and there's no DVD menu. And you're like, there's no way that this is actually anything on the disc. I got conned. Yeah, this this movie won't happen. It's not going to play. 
And then the movie starts, and there's the title cards, and then it says, directed by Akira Kurosawa. And I'm like, no, 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 no way. And then it says Masaru Sato's name, and I'm like, huh? what? what? Yeah, but then you watch one shot of footage from this, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's obviously Kurosawa. No one else would do this. No one else would shoot such a romantic shot of a horse's mane as Kurosawa would. Oh, that, was, that shot was insane. Actually, the cinematography was really good. It's good. The shots were all very inventive, very clever. If I had problems with this film, it is not because of the cinematography. It was, I'll say it, the best horse cinematography in a television documentary ever. Wow. Record setting. I hope someone tries to prove me wrong and they'll be wrong. Yeah, I, I will say this. For a 50-year-old television broadcast, this movie looks remarkably good. Yeah. This looks better than, like, Drunken Angel. Yeah, yeah it's preserved that. <laughs> yeah, the horse footage totally blows Uma out of the water, his previous horse movie. Yeah, exactly. That's the the horse connection here. There's so little about this movie to go off of. Donald Ritchie's book does not really talk about it, despite being the go-to Kurosawa Bible, basically. There is one paragraph about it in the Dodeskaden chapter. I'll read it now. Quote, Make it bright, light, endearing, I told my staff. In the same mood, Kurosawa next made a television film called The Song of the Horse, a lyrical documentary recalling horses, the 1941 film on which he worked as an assistant director and that had convinced everybody he would someday be a great director. As in Dodeskaden, Kurosawa was returning in nostalgia to those moments of triumph when he had been most sure of himself as an artist. I guess you could say that about either of these films. Yeah, sure. He certainly isn't feeling himself in 1971 because Dodeskaden was a critical and commercial failure. And he is falling quickly into a depression, and we will go into more details about that on our show next week. We are going to hit Kurosawa's darkest life chapter, but this absolute triumph of a television documentary is not the place, because I am hyped as shit. Song of the Horse, baby. Uma no Uta. It is good. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not, it's not bad. It definitely... Uh, calling your movie a visual poem is so trashy especially for a television documentary but it's true because it's not a narrative and it's not really a documentary and it's not educational the only thing it is is horse footage it's i was thinking like this movie should have been called horses in different places <laughs> because that's the only thing that happens allow me to usurp your authority and read the plot summary an old man and a young boy discuss the lives and training of thoroughbred horses culminating in the 38th japan derby that's it. That's 73 minutes of footage right there. Yes. <laughs> you know what's crazy? The old man and the young boy, we never see them. We can assume that it's like a grandpa and like a grandson. It is narrated by the homeless father-son duo from Dodeskaden. That's even weirder now that they're the people <laughs> chosen for this. They do a good job. The old man sounds old in here, even though he's not... I don't think he's that old in real life. He must be affecting a voice to make himself sound older. Yeah. He sounds like a grandfather, but no, the young boy does a great job. It's That is the weird thing. I do like the device of using this old guy explaining horses to the young guy, but there's no framing device. They're never given a place or location or anything. <laughs> they might as well be trapped behind the camera as it's all happening. That's how they act. They're like, oh, look at like what's happening on screen. At one point, and this is the craziest shit in the entire film, they both yawn and then it, they make the horse yawn simultaneously. They superimpose like the sound of them <laughs> yawning over the horse. I'm like, this is too much. They're, <laughs> they're now embodying the horses. It's not like there's an old man taking questions about horses from a young boy. It's that they are directly commenting on the footage that they're watching. Yeah, it's like a riff tracks. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a recording of two people watching the They literally movie. do riff at some point. 
literally do yeah it, it is them watching the documentary that we are also watching they're just trapped there yeah in this weird void of japanese television there's a lot of like very funny things that happen that i don't think are supposed to be funny okay like it starts the guy's talking about the horse. this movie might as well be called swan song of the horse because the only thing that we learn is that horses are declining in number it is the only <laughs> thing he drives home he says it like six times in the first half hour of the movie he's like yeah horses just aren't what they used to be there just aren't as many horses as there used to be and the kid's like why he's like because we don't need them they're they're gonna fit like things that aren't needed fade away then some stuff happens and basically smash cut live horse birth oh my god I said that the Dodeska Den rape scene was the most shocking scene that Kurosawa had ever shot. I did not expect it to be usurped next year by the made-for-TV lyrical poem Song of the Horse to watch, like, in an uninterrupted Stan Brackage-esque shot, a horse just be born. You see, they're, like, pulling him out. They're, like, putting the foot on the horse, like, ripping this horse out of his mother. And I was like, wow, that horse, it's, it's very formed. It's, I, I, I didn't know. I never thought about it. Yeah, no, it comes out, they're like cleaning it with like a towel. And the kid's like, oh, look at that. Like, it's not at all implied that this is gross in any way. Maybe it's not in Japan. It certainly felt gross to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not to the farmers who constantly are doing this. Yeah, but maybe to the television audience, Kurosawa. <laughs> yeah, how do you air this on television? How do you like advertise this TV documentary? I just have to assume that there are different social taboos about live horse birth in Japan. The kid doesn't care at all. He's like, oh my god, it's a baby horse. Look at that. He's like so happy. Then we get like a extreme tight shot of the horse suckling, <laughs> but like failing to suckle for like 40 seconds and then oh, it's, successfully it's so suckling long. for an additional 40 seconds. It's so long. It's crazy. Really funny though. Then there's like some, I guess you'd call them like pillow shots or whatever of just like a beautiful fence. And then it cuts to a different farm that is not the fence in between this or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's just a transition of some nice fences at sunset that have nothing to do with the movie. There's a lot of shots like that. There's like beautiful rain and snow shots or whatever at some point that like, like, yeah, it's raining for the horse. But then Kurosawa was like, oh, check out this like Tarkovsky rain footage that I took. <laughs> just like a full minute of grass getting wet. It's amazing how short the movie is and, like, how long every single thing that happens in it is. And it's all the same. Yeah, it's really just horses in different locations in the movie. Technically, we are supposed to be following the story of one horse from birth to championship. But I don't even think it's the same one because it all is, like, the same summer. It's definitely not. But it's supposed to, like, we're following horses as they age. So this is after the birth scene. That's the next scene. The horses are running out of a gate and they're young. And the kid's like, is that the same horse? And the guy just says, sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure. Uh, here's the one-year-old horse. <laughs> like, I like laughed out loud. I was like, that's the funniest part of the whole movie. Because like, is that the horse that we just watched? Like, is that the call? And the guy's like, yeah, whatever. You're gonna die in the previous movie. Then we follow one-year-old horses. Then we see two-year-old horses. Then we see three-year-old horses who are doing their first race. There's an extended scene about a horse who doesn't want to get into like the stall. I'm like, that's a bad student. Then the horse comes up. He's like, that's a perfect student. <laughs> There are certainly some weird comments that are made or, or just like, yeah, the weird focus of certain things. In between the horse being born and like the first race is like 40 minutes and probably like 10 lines of dialogue at most. And it's just, oh, the horses are one now. And then like 10 minutes of just horses running. Oh, the horses are two now. Now it's 10 minutes of horses running, but it's they're running on a beach and they're not running in front of crashing waves, but it's intercut with a minute long shot of crashing waves every other minute. <laughs> so it's like horse waves, horse waves. And I was thinking, oh, yes. Horses are like the ocean. Thank you, Kurosawa. Yeah, and then he does the same thing later with clouds. It's like horses running, and then there's clouds, and then there's horses running, and then there's clouds, and it's like the same clouds. Like It's not even like different clouds. It's the same clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's the same wave crashing, too. It happens over and over again. It's artsy. 
at no point do you learn like horses were first bred in Mongolia or whatever or anything. At no point is it like, oh, horses have been in Japan since X. At no point is there any horse information. If this was narrated like a normal documentary, this would be unwatchable. This would be totally unbearable. But because it's got an interesting setup and like it's kind of weird and a little bit quirky in the way that it's done, I actually think the movie is quite soothing. Oh, it is soothing because it's it's just nature footage. <laughs> it's nature footage with like a nice old man and a nice young kid talking. There's some really funny stuff in the beginning after the horse is born where the kid's like, oh man, I wish I was a horse. Look how good that is. One where like the horses are running around, he's like, look, they look so free and I have homework. I guess the, boy, the kid's like, he didn't really say it, but like he keeps saying like six times in a row, man, I really wish I was a horse. <laughs> like I really hate my life. <laughs> the horses fight at some point, unclear why. Horses don't like being put in the saddle until they do. Oh yeah, they freak out. This kid's like, this kid's like, oh my god, the horse is going insane, which is true. So we like follow the horses. Eventually, they get to racing, but you never like you're never rooting for a horse. So there's like lots of really intense race scenes, and then someone wins, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess, because you don't know who anyone is. <laughs> and we're getting some footage that like reminds me of like actual Kurosawa shots, where like, oh, it's very telephoto, and like the camera's clearly moving very fast, following this horse, so it looks like it's racing by. I'm like. Oh, yes, clearly seven samurai here. But I'm like, also, I think that's just how normal horse racing is shot anyway. <laughs> I guess so. A lot, some of it is, like, technically amazing. Like, um, like miracle shots of horses running. At one point, like, a horse is just, like, jumping up, freaking out, running back around. The camera's, like, following it, like, deadlocked on it, even though it's, like, handheld. When it rains, the kid's like, oh, it's raining. And then there's just, like, two minutes of, like, two drops on leaves. And it's like, oh, back to the story. Uh, here are some horses. There's so many minutes of other things happening in a documentary that's so short. It was like almost like Tree of Life or like Tarkovsky, like where it's just like, here's like beautiful nature for a minute. It has nothing to do with the story at all. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get to the big horse race. Yes, the 38th Japan Derby in 1971 confirmed. It looks cool. It looks exciting. There's a, a thing here which you wrote down. At one point they were putting shoes in the horse and they're like nailing the shoe into the horse. And the kid's like, oh my God, does that hurt? And the guy's like, anyway, uh, these horses are... Yeah, he doesn't answer. <laughs> he doesn't answer. And I'm like, yeah, I want to know too. Does that hurt? Why can't the documentary give me this information? It looks really painful. They're nailing shoes into the horse. And maybe it, like, it's better for the horse in the long run, but I don't know. Oh, and then shortly after that, the guy's like, yeah, horses will run even if their heart explodes. Because like, wow, even if their legs break, yep, they'll just keep running until they die. <laughs> like, this is insane. This is also crazy. What's going on? <laughs> There's the horse race. It's like a lot of like pomp and circumstance. There's like a bunch of like white horses come out and they don't say anything about it. It happens. Hiruka Imai winds up being this year's derby winner. There is um a ceremonial thick horse that shows up who is, I will say, the only horse in the movie that I thought looked good. Because I hate the way horses' bodies look. I think they're disgusting. Oh. So this thick horse, I was like, oh, he looks right. <laughs> he looks like a friend. Whereas horses are just like skin way too taut over muscle. At the very end, it says Thoroughbred Shinzan is the five-time champion. And I'm like, is this the one that we were following the whole time? I think. Uh, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I think they go to, like, five different winners. They're like, this horse lives like a king in a mansion. And then it pans left to, like, a small house that he lives in. <laughs> like, like, a pretty shitty-looking house. <laughs> like, yeah, good for him, man. <laughs> that's a winner horse. And then it, like, goes to, I think, a different winner horse who won a bunch of awards. And he's like, wow, that's the best horse or something. Like, wow, what a good horse. And that's, that's the movie. And then it ends, and my Xbox promptly kicks me right back to the dashboard because there's no DVD menu, there's no bonus features, there's no chapter selection. There's an hour 73 of basically just raw horse footage. 
lot of it really beautifully shot. He'll do things like when they're at the horse spa and they're washing them, it opens on just the like shower head coming out water and then it'll pan down to the horse and then like have a different shot up and above looking like, you know, like a Kurosawa way to introduce a scene, but it's just horses being washed. <laughs> the horses like run right by him. At one point, like horses will fill the screen as they're marching on. Like Lily, you see nothing but horses running. It's crazy. But also nothing happens. It's just horse footage. It's horses in different places, the documentary. My favorite shot is something I kind of briefly mentioned earlier. I can't believe we're even keeping up with this formality. Hell yeah. So there's the opening where he's like, oh, we're going to talk about horses. They're very cool. And then there's like a insanely rapid montage of just every drawing of a horse ever made in Japan uh, all at once. It's so fast. Pretty shortly after that, there's a live horse birth scene. And then there's a beautiful sunset. It cuts from that to a beautiful sunset behind a fence. And it looks really nice. And you're like, oh, we're in some farm. And then it keeps cutting to like different sunsets and fences, kind of like this like beautiful transition. And then it cuts to like a totally different location at a different time of year, at a different time of day. And that's the next scene. So I picked the beautiful sunset frame because I was like, that was not a transition. That had nothing to do with the scene before or the scene after. <laughs> it was just nice fence footage. <laughs> and it was the horses running out of the gate somewhere else. And I was like, this rules. I love it. This movie's good. Whenever he did stuff like that, I didn't want to say that it's a precursor to, like, Kage Musha and Ron, but, like, it kind of, some shots remind me of that, and I'm like, no, it's just because it's a landscape shot in color. My shot is a beautiful sunset behind a fence, but I picked it because it has nothing to do with the movie. You just threw it in there. He's like, this feels right, I guess. Mine is the beauty of nature because I chose the uninterrupted shot of that horse being born. Because, oh my god, did it give me a physical reaction. Yeah, you just see, like, the entire amniotic sac just around the horse. They're really, like I said, they're, they're pulling it out there. It's minutes. It goes on for so long, and it's uninterrupted. And I'm like, this is so not, like, what Kurosawa's used to. Like, Kurosawa always shies away from, like, nudity and, like, extreme gore for the most part. Unless it's really, really awesome, like at the end of Sanjuro. Then all of a sudden, this happens, and I'm like, oh my god, he just did this. This is like the act of seeing with one's own eyes, but for horses. It is the birth from, like, two hooves out to the entire horse out, all in, like, one shot, I think, or, like, maybe a few shots. It is uninterrupted. It's crazy. It's certainly, uh, NSFTV. It was on television. <laughs> if I was channel flipping in 1971 and, like, that came on the screen, like, I would have passed out. And then, boom, directed by Kira Kurosawa. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh my god, no way. <laughs> Greatest director of all time. And you know what? I think it holds up. I don't like horses and I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> it is not the worst Kurosawa movie. I can confidently say that. Yeah, oh, it's better than The Idiot. It is better than The Idiot. Absolutely yeah. it is better than The Idiot. It is absolutely better than The Idiot. I will rate it higher than The Idiot when we are all said and done. I don't know if I'll rate it much higher than that, but I will rate it higher than that. <laughs> I read the book The Idiot and then gave The Idiot the most favorable viewing possible and the Silent Horse blows it out of the water. It's not even close. <laughs> I'd rather watch The Song of the Horse three times in a row, which would be the length of one, The Idiot, and it would be more worth it. So you rate it higher than The Idiot. I believe that was a five. What number are you giving this? I I, I really wanted to say four, but it's just... it. At the beginning, I was like, this is really pretty. Like, the story must go somewhere. <laughs> like, there must be more information coming. It's got to be a something other than horses in different locations. And it kind of is, but not really. So I'm going to give it a seven. 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 It's a, that's a that's a good movie. I will let the back of the DVD box be my review. Song of the Horse. Kurosawa's lost masterpiece has finally come to light. Filmed in 1970 and aired on Japanese television, Song of the Horse is his visual poem for the horse, the creature that he loved the most. Told through narration by an old man speaking with his grandson while the visual mastery of one of the greatest filmmakers of all time expands before our eyes. 
Kurosawa ordinarily avoided television work, and this is the only time that he had any involvement with the small screen. A rare and beautiful ode to the most noble of beasts, the horse. And therefore, I shall give it a six. There's a line in the back of that box that says, this is a visual poem for the horse. That is true. This movie was made for horses. This is not made for humans to watch. This is like footage that a horse would love to watch as he's dying. <laughs> it's just pretty horse footage for 73 minutes long with basically no plot at all or any information or anything. When a horse dies and its life flashes before its eyes, it sees this movie. I, I thought that during the movie. I thought, oh, there is a scene at the end where they have the big race and then they show the horse to like the big winner. And then there's like old footage of old horse races. And I'm like, this is literally the horse's like dying flashback scene. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> This is its Vietnam flashbacks. This is a horse living out its entire life in its last few moments, and that's what we're seeing now on screen. Brilliant. Lost masterpiece. Hey, viewer, watch this movie. Maybe not. Yeah, find it. I assume that if anyone is actually watching along with us, they probably are not watching this one. Sorry to skip a week. We will get back to our regularly scheduled programming with Dersu Yuzala. Hopefully you got a good laugh or two out of this, and uh, check in with us next week for a real podcast, I guess. <laughs>